Don't call it a comb back. I'll have hair for years. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, what up, Grab girl? my glasses. I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. <laughs> when you try your best, but you don't succeed. Sliding puck through center. A chance down the middle. They score. Paul Byron. Three nothing Montreal. You know, you, you can't uh, can't fall behind that much that early and, and you know it's not even one goal you know when you get down two it's just really hard to come back here's the takeaway a chance down the middle and they score montreal wins it in overtime anderson got the dish at the right side of the net you know what the power play uh, wasn't great that was probably the only piece of our game you know, that wasn't great, so. Petrangelo on the right with Martinez. Pass got blocked by Toffoli. Oh, Petrangelo, a diving play. But Suzuki's after the loose puck. He scores. Empty netter. You got to find a way this time of year against uh, good teams and against pressure and against attention and, you know, against a good goalie. You got to find a way. That Those are the teams that uh, that end up standing at the end of the day. Leading his man down the middle. Dan oh, to the left, the shot. They score! Montreal wins! Stanley Cup bound in 2021. 3-2 Canadians. You know, when you get to this point, you, the teams that, that win find another level. They don't uh, sag. So, um, you know, we, we didn't uh, find another level. And, uh, and they did, you know. they I thought they were uh, opportunistic. They owned the key moments of the series. This is the Press Box with Grainy and Bischoff. Well, that's the best thing we've heard all morning. What an open. What an open by Jared. Thank goodness all that work didn't go for naught. But we're back on. We're back, baby. Like Mark Stone, we tried to not show up. Yes, exactly. Well, we only went through an hour, not six games. Are we doing the first bite? Is that what we're doing right now? Should we just go? We better talk Golden Knights on the first bite. Should we just go into Golden Knights I think we just go into Golden Knights. Okay. I don't know what happened, by the way. If you're listening to the show, we're on the air. Yeah, Uh, We don't know why we weren't on the air for the entire 7 o'clock hour. But we're here now. Um, And thank you if you're still there. So the Golden Knights. Jared's mother is still listening. (laughs) (laughs) We know we have somebody. I mean, at one point I was in my car listening. At one point we sent Tyler out to the car and said, turn on the radio and text (laughs) us if you hear anything. (laughs) So the Golden Knights, their season's over. They lost the Montreal Canadiens in overtime last night and lost the series in six games. I'm still, I'm still like a level of shock because I, I still can't believe they lost to Montreal. Like I, I still can't wrap my head around the team that had the 18th best record in the regular season. A team that lost more games than they won in the regular season was the team that could shut down the golden Knights in the playoffs. I, 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 I'm still shocked. I, I still barely believe it happened, and I I watched it happen. Yeah, I don't. I mean, there's so many things to get into here of why it could have happened, why it did happen. Second straight year can't score, um, but a few things did I think stand out that we'll get into as to why it might have happened. But the day after, I mean, look, it's you know, we're going to say a lot about why the Golden Knights didn't get it done, but you also have to give the side of Montreal did. The goalie played out of his mind. I thought they were capital. They capitalized on the opportunities they had. So. You know they deserve to go on. They deserve they the Knights deserve to go home, and Montreal deserves to go on. That's just the way it is. You can't lose like the way they did. But you know when you start breaking down why what happened to the Knights, um, there's a lot of stuff to start with. The Golden Knights have played 
in their entire existence, they have only played two playoff series where the other team had a higher expected goals at five on five. One was the Stanley Cup final against Washington in year one. And the second one was this series against Montreal. Montreal? Yeah. Every other series, even when the Golden Knights have lost series, whether it was San Jose in in round one, whether it was uh, uh, Dallas last year. Dallas. Every other series, the Golden Knights have had the advantage in expected goals. They've had the advantage in shots and chances, with the exception of losing the Stanley Cup final in five. And this series against Montreal. And that, to me, is what's the most, like, astounding. We're not... It's not like last year where we're looking at it and saying, oh, they're out playing Vancouver but can't score. They're out playing Dallas but can't score. Montreal outplayed the Golden Knights in the series, and that's why, like, it doesn't doesn't make sense to me. Like, how did Mark Stone have a zero for the entire series? How did he not have a point? Mark Stone is awesome. All we have seen since he's been here is Mark Stone is amazing and he was useless he in did this nothing. series. Zero. Like completely useless. Yeah. And it 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 makes no sense. Like, where was Mark Stone? How the hell did Montreal? How is Montreal the only team since he's been here that shut him down and did it for six games? He has Mark Stone, since being traded to the Golden Knights, had never had a seven-game stretch without a point. He just did. Last game of the Colorado series in this entire series, zero points for Stone. That had never happened. The longest streak he had this season was three, and he had seven. Like I, I'm shocked of how how terrible the Golden Knights were against what was a, a bad team in the regular. Well, season. and let's put this out there because he was asked afterwards, and I thought it was a fair question because people are searching for why he was so bad. Or well, he's invisible. He wasn't even bad. He did nothing. Um, he was asked after the game oh, if he was he, hurt. He turned over some pucks. He did. Um, he's after he's hurt. Leaned in the microphone and said, "No, I don't think he was." I, I, there's no, there was no, at no, at no point was there any indication Mark Stone had anything wrong with him physically. Yeah. I mean, you know, like we talked about it yesterday at the end of the year, they all have things wrong with them physically, but I mean, they just, that's being a pro at the end of the year. Um, but anything serious, he had nothing wrong with him. Uh, he answered that question fast and with one answer. So, I mean, I don't think today we're going to get, Hey, by the way, he was hurt. I don't think, I, I think he was just invisible. We're, um, we're not getting, uh, Mark Stone is having surgery today. That's not that's not a headline I mean, today. I would be shocked. I would be too. I'd be shocked if he was, he was pretty state like, you know, again, it was well, and that's the thing. He was so bad that people started searching for those answers. Like, how can this happen? Why right. is he so bad? Well, maybe he is hurt. Maybe there's something wrong that we don't know, which let's be honest, in hockey, 50-50 yeah. half the time, that could have been true because they don't say anything about injuries. But at no point, I mean, he sh- you know, he showed up to he showed up to optional skates. He was out there all the time. I mean, you know, at no point did anyone think, oh, there might be something wrong with him. At no point. Yeah. And he did nothing. It's it's unbelievable because you you look at this series and who played well for the Golden Knights? I think you could combine Flurry uh, and Leonard. They played fine. I don't think either one was spectacular, but I they played fine. Alec Martinez. Petrangelo was, was probably their best yeah, player. And then yeah. like you could give Martinez yeah. and like Nick Waugh are probably like the next yeah. best players on the team. Riley Mark. Smith played one good yeah, game. Like the second line. It was like one game. The second line waited until the second period of uh, the elimination of the game. Elimination game and they played really up. well in the yeah. second and third periods. Yeah. They were they were on the ice and you can say responsible for a large part of both goals that the Golden Knights scored last night. But outside of that, the Carlson Marshall Smith didn't do much at no. all. Uh, Pacioretty scored one goal and it was when he got bumped down to the third line, but Pacioretty didn't do anything. Stone didn't do anything. Stevenson missed some of the time, but he didn't do anything. Alex Tuck, like we're used to kind of what, seeing yeah, every where was two Alex or three Tuck? games, Alex Tuck will make a play where you're like, damn, that guy's really good. Yeah. Like he's got a lot of potential to be a great player. 
he didn't have, did, did he have one of those moments in this series where no. even even he'll miss the shot often, but <laughs> he didn't even have a chance right. where he missed the shot. Like they they were terrible from top to bottom. Like you can on one hand list off the number of players that actually played well in this series, and it's it doesn't make sense. And it's it, I mean ultimately it's it's pathetic from the Golden Knights. Well, like you can't be that good of a team and lose to Montreal in six. But and it goes against every cliche about playoff hockey, which is well. If you have gold, good goaltending, you're going to win in the playoffs. Well, they had good goaltending, and they couldn't beat Montreal. Yeah. So when when that happens, that really shines a light on how bad everyone else was. It's one thing if you're like, eh, Flurry and Leonard, they couldn't get the job done. They're giving up five versus a game. You know, you, you can't keep up that way. But they were their best players. And when your goalie's your best player in your playoffs, in the playoffs, and you still lose to a team you're much better than, then there's something that's yeah. a huge, huge problem. Yeah. So I here's the, here's the question I have for you that I I don't know if there's a good answer to this, if this is even a real thing. Are the Golden Knights a team that are built for the regular season and not the playoffs? I don't know because they've been to the semis three out of four years and yeah. they they got to the Stanley Cup final. So they, if they're if they're if they're winning the President's Trophy or right there for the President's Trophy every year and losing in the first round. But they got to the semis three of the last four years. I mean, they obviously have things to fix once they get to the playoffs the last two years. And Pete DeBoer, I know last night said, well, he didn't think it was somewhat the same because he didn't think last year's team would have beaten Minnesota this year. You know, he said, I don't think we could have gotten through that series. And I, if he didn't think they'd beat Minnesota last year, he certainly didn't think they could beat Colorado this year because Colorado was better than Minnesota. Um, I I don't know. I mean, again, they, this is who they built. They built a team that for the last few years, at least the people in this town who set the odds, said they were going to win the Stanley Cup championship. I mean, these people know what they're doing in this town. I'm sorry. That's why this town exists. They, they're they pretty good at determining who the better teams are and who should be favored. And for the second straight year now, I think last night they might have been a dog, but they were still favored for the series, which was really weird. But for the most part, in 11 games over the last two years, they have lost the teams they're better in. And they were favored in at least ten of the eleven games. Yeah. What does that it's, tell you? I mean, that's uh, yeah. that's astonishing. That they're they're expected to win these games. They're yes. expected to be better, and for whatever reason, they're they're not. They they run into these offensive droughts, and this year was a little bit different than last year, where last year they were still getting the chances they used to they were used to getting, just couldn't finish. This this year they didn't get the chances. I mean, they didn't get like hardly anything in this series as far as what we're used to seeing the Golden Knights do. I just it's bizarre because I, I think you can look at like the Colorado Avalanche and say that's a team that's been really good in the regular season for two years, maybe there's something wrong with how they're built and they can't win in the playoffs. Because the Golden Knights shut them down by just saying we're going to play defensively first. But that's kind of what Montreal just did to Vegas, and Dallas kind of did it last year too. And it's like they're really good. They're a really good team, and they've shown it in the regular season for the last two years for sure. But there's there's last two years in the playoffs. They've run into teams that aren't as good as them, and they, they can't beat them. It's like they're somehow easy to beat beat once you get to the playoffs i was going to ask and this is just based on my complete novice observation were the canadians that much faster because it would seem like anytime there was a puck that like somebody from the golden knights missed a canadians player would just skate past whoever whoever the defenseman was supposed to go like wrangle the thing i mean i guess it depends on players caulfield's fast i mean he's a young kid um you know, to Foley, they have some fast guys, but I mean, to Jared's you know I mean? point, there was never like the Golden Knights fastest skaters are like Alex Tuck, Chandler, Chandler Stevenson. Stevenson. I don't remember either one having a moment where you're like, oh, he's fast. I thought everybody. Tuck a couple times, like you said, I thought he got through the neutral zone and at least had a shot, but it was nowhere close. Yeah. Like he never got close to scoring. I mean, like he's either right at price or was to the side of the net or didn't hit the net or was over the net. I mean, it was like he never like, whoa, 
You know, he almost got one there, like, at all. He got through a couple times, but he did nothing once he got yeah. through. All right, uh, Jared, do you want us to break now? I don't know what we're supposed to be doing with our break schedule should, since now, we started Should we break, or should we go for an hour and a half straight for the fear that if we do break, we'll be off the air? I mean, this, this, so that's, that's, that's this is very thing. dangerous for him, to hit, for him to hit this button at this point. Well, no, we definitely need to play some commercials at some point. Uh, but what I honestly, what I was going to do was I was going to let us go until about 25. So that way we can like go Golden Knights nuts. Cause we, but if we want to take a break, talk about like do a very small segment. All right, then... here's, what, here's what we'll do. We're going to take a break now. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Oakland A's because we haven't gotten to this the entire week, even though a baseball team is like, we want to come to your city. Then we'll talk to Justin Emerson at 830 and get more into the Golden Knights. Sound good? All right. Works for me. On air planning. Here we go. No shift on for Lowry. 2-2, and that is hit high in the air to center field. Sending Garcia back to the track. He's at the wall. It keeps on going, and it gets out in Arlington. Jed Lowry with a sixth home run of the year. A smash to center. And it's 4-1 Athletics. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. So the Oakland A's were back in Las Vegas earlier this week. Their president, Dave Cavill, and their owner. Uh, the president also went to Texas and toured their ballpark, apparently, because they have a retractable roof and it's just open. Um, what's interesting is that Dave Cavill and the A's are going to come back for a third trip to Las Vegas on like July 8th and 9th, meaning they will have taken three trips to Las Vegas before that July 20th vote in Oakland. They need a vote in Oakland to try to get some public money to build a new ballpark in Oakland. Am I wrong in thinking they just keep coming back to Vegas because they are trying to put the pressure on Oakland and that's why they keep coming back here over and over and over even though they're still trying to get this July 20th vote to go through I mean I thought so all along but now I think you have to at least you know think of the prospect that the owner wants to move here I I don't know I mean I I think though that you at least have to bring that into play I think we both thought the first one was a complete leverage pull and actually, uh, surprise, maybe not surprisingly, is after that first uh, meeting, we saw Libby Schaff in Oakland, you know, kind of speak publicly for the first time in terms of the city council saying, we need to do this. We, yeah. you know, we're, we can't lose them. So at that point, I'm like, okay, their leverage play probably worked, but maybe they think it's not going to ultimately, so they're back for a second and third visit. Tyler, I don't know if you told me right now that the that the owner looks at Vegas and the Knights and the Raiders and says, you know what, that's the place we want to be. I guess I wouldn't be surprised. The only the, the reason I still think like all of these trips are leverage plays is there there's still no details from Oakland about Vegas. All it is is we haven't eliminated any sites. Hell, the story from in the Review Journal was well, they've added more sites. Right, like they're they're trying to get a lot as of land. Many, yeah, they're trying to get as many sites in here as possible, which to me makes it sound even more like a leverage play where you're just trying to say, look at all these options we have in Vegas. It's so great. We can go anywhere. It's a great city. And they're going to keep coming back because they want Oakland to really feel the pressure of, uh Oh, we're going to lose another team to Las Vegas. 
Maybe it does end up happening, but I, I just think all these vid- – like, what are they going to do a week later? They came here, like, June 21st. They're coming back to two weeks later, July 8th. Like, what's what's well, going to be different two weeks later? They're going to tour new sites so they can have 17 sites they're yeah. looking at? Yeah, and the other thing is, like you said, one thing we don't know is the only thing that matters is what public money you right. want. That's all, that's all that matters. All I care is, like, tell me the public money you want. See what, you know, what that would entail. I just think, how are you going from a plan up in the Bay Area where it's a $12 billion plan where you want, what, $800 million for the ballpark, and then you're going to develop everything yeah. around it? That's happening here? I mean, what's, is your plan, like, decrease now that you just want the ballpark here and maybe you'll do some developing, but up there it's a $12 billion plan? Yeah, it doesn't make a lot it of does, sense. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Maybe they reached out to Seth Klarman and it'll be the first <laughs> ballpark slash MLS stadium. Well, it's mm-hmm. funny you bring up Klarman because – Downtown Las Vegas, the reason Seth Klarman wanted downtown Las Vegas is it's some tax zone where you get a big tax break or whatever if you redevelop where Cashman Field is. And that's why Klarman wanted it. So I don't really have uh, much faith in Carolyn Goodman to actually pull it off. But there's reason to think if the A's wanted to build a big development that's got mixed use with retail and housing, that Cashman would be the site because it's this tax zone. You can get a big tax tax break on it. That's what Seth Klarman wanted to do. So there's a reason to think Cashman could be it, but I don't have much faith they'd actually pull it off. No, I don't either. Um, like I said, you, you hit it on the head. Until we find out what they really want, then I guess the majority opinion is this is leverage. But a third trip back, maybe you start thinking how serious they are. But again, do you want $800 Because I don't think you, get, you should get $800 million. I mean, we had the legisl- people at the legislative level. Now, I don't think they've turn- changed their tune yet because they don't really know what the number would be. That what was the word? What was the phrase? There's no, no interest, appetite. no appetite yeah. for public money. So I don't think the appetite would grow if they want 500 to 800 million to build a ballpark. I yeah. wouldn't think that would happen. Um, the appetite hasn't grown in the last several weeks. So that's like, again, all these visits, like I'm not really, I, I guess I should be interested in this for what my job is, but I'm not really interested to take a stand until I know what they want. Right. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I mean, yeah. they, they came for visits. All what right. do you want? All right. Two, two, two quick points. Maybe they just, Really wanted to see Resort World. <laughs> <laughs> they maybe just wanted, yeah, I mean, soft opening. They just wanted to get in there. And then my second thing was, we got all this weed money that's currently just in a, like, container somewhere. That's not public money. Just give it to him. Well, Cobble did go to a Golden Knights game. Maybe he thought he was coming back for Game 7, but that Ooh. didn't happen. Coming up next, Justin Emerson joins the show to... Recap the end of the Golden Knight season. The Las Vegas Journal Review. The Las Vegas Review Journal. Wow. Sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us now is Justin Emerson from the Las Vegas Sun. Justin, I am disappointed you didn't choke on your tongue while trying to ask Mark Stone a question last night after they lost. He would not have been as 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 uh, accepting <laughs> as he was the last time. <laughs> Poor Justin Emerson. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for coming on with us. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to be on the air. Sounds like you guys are happy to be on the air. Yeah, yeah well, good morning. <laughs> Barely. Um, all right. Normally we beat up on you, but the Golden Knights season is over, so we'll probably beat up on them a little bit. Um, if you're the Golden Knights and you're evaluating this team, been really good in the regular season the last two years, lost in the third round of the playoffs to 
both times teams that you were supposed to be teams that you were expected to be better than like, how the hell do you evaluate this team? Are you just looking at saying bad playoff luck? We're good. Let's keep it mostly together. Or do you think they need to have some sort of significant changes going ahead? You know, I, I really don't mind the team that they had. I think that if they ran it back, they'd probably have some good success. And look, you can do this for any series from any team in any sport ever, but the golden Knights were, a lot closer in this series than maybe a six-game loss would indicate. I mean, you look at the game three loss, and if Flurry doesn't kick the puck, they win that game. Uh, if Mark Stone had a point, you know, maybe they they do something. <laughs> if the power play scores, not even twice, just once, maybe they're they're in another one of those games. So, like, you can look at it and go, you know, this team was was pretty good, and Stone's not going to disappear playoff series again. You would think, and you know, if there's anything, maybe you want to shore up the power play because that was a real concern. It wasn't good in the regular season. It was abysmal in the playoffs. It was non-existent in the Montreal series. So if you can maybe work out a better system there, get some guys that can help out on the power play there. But I don't think, like, some massive overhaul is needed for this team. And I want to talk about one guy uh, in particular that did not play, and it goes to, you know, the center depth they they apparently didn't have at times, you know, when Stevenson went out and others went out. How much do you how how much do you put on this, and do you have to look at this point, Cody Glass? I mean, they the fact that they couldn't go to him or get him involved, I thought was somewhat of an indictment, both on management and perhaps him for his lack of development at this point. And you know, when you're going forward, if you are making moves in the off season, I think two things stand out, and I want to get your thoughts. One, I don't think you can carry twelve million dollars in goalies again. I think that's kind of silly. But if you're looking at positions, would it be center depth? And I don't know who would want him, or do you just have to package a bunch of guys and go get like a leading guy? Well, uh, you definitely need center depth. That's for sure. It was clear how badly they were hurting when Chandler Stevenson was hurt, and that was something that we talked about off season. They're like, okay, the centers, the centers are good. You got William Carlson and you got Chandler Stevenson in your top set. You, well, if one of those guys gets hurt, they're going to be in trouble, and that's 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 what happened. Chandler Stevenson got hurt, and the Golden Knights didn't have the center depth. They don't have another top six center in their in their organization. And as far as Cody Glass goes, it's clear that they don't believe in him at this point because if they did, he'd be playing. And he played for one game in the Minnesota series and kind of in an emergency situation, but. You know, he's skating with the taxi squad right now. I don't know. Maybe he's, you know, maybe he's hurt, and that's that's a whole different thing. But if he's healthy and he can't get into this series now, it's clear that they don't believe in him. And at 22, it's hard to say that it's like, okay, you know, hey, guys, take different development paths or whatever. But the guy that was taken six picks later by the – or seven picks later by the same organization in the same draft, <laughs> Nick Suzuki, was phenomenal for Montreal. So that's hard to kind of look at Cody Glass and – and believe that he's part of the future of this organization at this point. So I do believe that they'll probably move on from him. You know, maybe it is, you know, a change of scenery type organization, uh, type move. They had talked about maybe Nolan Patrick in Philadelphia, who played for the Brandon Wheat Kings in junior. So Kelly McCrimmon knows him well as a trade deadline. But uh, yeah, I, I think that they're going to need to find some centers for next season. And I don't think Cody Glass is going to be one of them. Uh, it's obvious they have to move on from one. Would you expect it to be flurry? Yes, if they ha- it, which is which is really tough because Flurry might win the Vezina next week. <laughs> yeah. Like he's a finalist right now. They're going to announce that next week. And if if Mark Andre Flurry is a Vezina winner, how do you trade him? Well, he's going to be thirty seven next season. Right. He's got a seven million dollar cap hit. And for a team like a uh, like a Carolina is one that jumps to mind, or Edmonton, or teams that have this strong skater group that don't have the goaltending, 
you know, that's a guy that that could potentially get him over the hump. He's going to be a lot easier to move this time around than he was last offseason because he's got one year left and he's coming off a great season instead of a poor one. So if you got to move one of those guys, I think you've got Robin Leonard signed for four more years at uh, less money. He's younger. I think that's that's the guy you got to stick with. As hard as that would be on an emotional level from a hockey standpoint, it, it's got to be Robin Leonard over Marc-Andre Fleury, in my opinion. How sad will the guys in Montreal be that had to bring back flower signs with flower petals around their faces if they trade Marc-Andre Fleury? Probably pretty sad, I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, I, I said Carolina and Edmonton, you know, Pittsburgh was out in the first round because their goaltending was terrible. So that, I mean, that that seems like it's something that would have to happen, right? Like if they're going to move them, I think Pittsburgh would be the first call. Be a lot of fun if that happened. Um, do you have like uh, any explanation as to what happened to Mark Stone? Cause even like last year against Dallas, when they didn't really score a lot, they were still generating a, a decent amount of chances, something similar to what we were used to seeing. But like it, this felt like the first time ever Mark Stone played multiple games and had no impact anywhere on the ice. Like, do, do you have any explanations to what happened? Well, I think the explanation was that I had was answered pretty emphatically. Somebody asked him last night, Mark, are you hurt? And he just <laughs> said, no, just one word answer. And that's it. And, and of course he's not going to say that he is or whatever, but so maybe he's hurt, but you're right. I mean, this series was the worst that we've seen Mark Stone look since he's come to the golden Knights, And that's kind of hard to, hard to wrap your mind around because he was, spectacular during the regular season. He looked better than he had at any point in his career during the regular season. He had four goals in that first round against Minnesota. He didn't score as much against Colorado, but he was kind of tasked with a lockdown defensive role of shutting down the best line in hockey. And, you know, this series, he, he did nothing. And he was playing against, I guess if you want to call him Montreal's top line with Leckin and Deneau and Gallagher, they were held off the scoreboard entirely uh, in the series until the overtime winner. So, um, no, I don't have an explanation for what happened to Stone. He and Will Carrier were the only players who played at least half the series and didn't didn't get a point. So that's it's okay if it's Carrier. It's, it's unacceptable if it's Stone, and and that's a big reason why they, why they lost. Uh, you're saying that you're not sure they could, should make major changes. Well, let me ask you this: and they have salary cap issues. They made the Petrangelo deal, and that's what hit them a lot of, during the year, but. There are some high names out there who either want to be traded or you might be able to convince teams to take on. So I know they have salary cap issues, but wouldn't you think if some of those top names are available, they should just try as best as they can to go get, whether it's Eichel, whether it's Laney, uh, at least don't you have to call and say, Ovechkin. what would it take? Ovechkin. I mean, don't you have to at least call and say, you know, you know, and the, and the response back might be, look, we want Tuck, we want Theodore, we want number picks, and then you have to make a decision. But at this point, don't you have to call people? Yeah, and, and they always do, right? Right. Like the Golden Knights have never once in their history had it to acquire a star player and not at least talk about it. Right. Um, they they pulled the trigger on plenty of them, but Patrick Laine, for example, he makes not less money than Mark Andre Fleury does, so the money isn't as hard as you think it was. If you can move Fleury, you've got the money for Patrick Laine, mm-hmm. Jack Eichel. Um, you know, if you if you move Flurry somewhere else and maybe Tuck's included, well, there's Jack Eichel's salary. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that the salary cap is as big of an, as an impediment uh, to them acquiring a star player as other people seem to think it is. And clearly, the Golden Knights have shown that they don't care about the salary cap. They'll just trade Nation, <laughs> they'll trade Paul Stasny to get Alex Petrangelo. They'll do whatever they can. Like the Golden Knights, to their credit, are the one team in the league who look at the salary cap as what it should be as an obstacle to acquiring good players that can be overcome and not an excuse for not doing it. So 
you know, that's encouraging if you're a Golden Knights fan, I guess, that you can kind of look at it and go, you know what, they're going to do everything they can, and whether it's Eichel or Line or uh, Mike Hoffman's a guy who I mm-hmm. thought would be a good fit last season that he was pretty good in St. Louis. He's a kind of a cheaper option that could augment the power play. You know, you've got a lot of options, and I think that they're going to look into them. I look forward to the Golden Knights sometime in, we'll say August. Ah, they're $34 million over the salary <laughs> cap. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what's the rule? I think you can go 10% over the so, cap yeah. in the offseason. So <laughs> that's $8 million. And I will bet you that they will be up against the even higher cap ceiling in the offseason <laughs> at some point than, the, than during the regular season. Uh, last thing for you, Justin. We know you're a Phoenix Suns fan. Um, now oh, you get to watch them in peace. Time. Yeah, you get to watch them in peace now that the Golden Knights are done. Uh, how confident are you the Suns could, are actually going to win the title this year? Ooh, who's going to beat them? Milwaukee, I guess, but um, no, I, I was, I, I've been saying all along after they beat the Lakers, I'm like, oh wow, this is fun. They could do this, but uh, they're going to have some trouble with the Nets. So I was at, uh, I was at a, I was at a bar watching the the Nets uh, Bucks game seven, and I remember cheering for every Nets Nets point or uh, for every Bucks point, and somebody came up to me and they're like, hey, you got money on the Bucks? Because I've got money on the Nets. Can you cheer with me? I'm like. No, I'm just a Suns fan and think they'd be easier to play again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I think I think the Suns could do it. It'll be fun, and maybe uh, now that the Golden Knights are done, I can slip a slip a quick trip back to my my hometown of Phoenix and maybe not catch a game in person. But at least uh, at least take in the atmosphere a little bit. Oh, sell the wow. sell the furniture you're making to buy a ticket. Come on. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Do you think they can get me? A, they're expensive, man. They're like Golden Knights tickets. Yeah, uh, sell a bench or something. Those can be expensive. I was going to ask to <laughs> cheer your Diamondbacks on and beat the Padres for the Dodgers, but I think you've lost 76 road games. So I, I, I don't know if that can happen. I think I, I'm working on a theory that the Phoenix Sports the Suns uh, took the took the Diamondbacks' talent like the Monstars in Space Jam. Uh, <laughs> the Diamondbacks are dying, so the Suns can live right now. And you know what? That's all right. Somebody sacrificed the Diamondbacks' heart at midnight so that the Suns could could actually be good. It's, and win it's not often when you look Diamondbacks at Padres. Padres minus three dollars. Like, that's pretty big for like hey, a my, nightly uh, game. My brother went to San Diego this weekend. He's like, you know what? I might just buy a Padres shirt. At least have some fun while I'm there. <laughs> All right, he's Justin Everson from the Las Vegas Sun. Justin, we appreciate it. Thank you, Justin. Anytime, guys. Thanks, Thanks brother. A lot. Thanks, brother. Right. Yeah, I think he made a good point. On the salary cap, look, this is the one thing you can say to them. They've never not jumped into the right. sweepstakes. That's the one right. thing you, you can say McPhee and McCrimmon. They've made some mistakes, and I think Glass is a very obvious one right now. But they've never not tried. So he's right. Maybe if you move seven from Flurry, maybe if Tuck's thrown into the deal, and all of a sudden you can afford a Jack it's, Eichel. Flurry's the key. If you do trade Flurry. That's seven's a lot. They don't have much salary cap issues at that point. Now let me they're, ask you this. They're fine. Is there any way someone takes on seven, or is what you have to take back less now because he had such a great year? Well, yeah. Last year we were talking about okay, they have to trade Flurry, but they're going to have to eat two million dollars and at send, the least and send a second round pick. Right, right. That was sort the of the least, general yeah. conversation about it. Now that Flurry was really good, I can't imagine you have to eat two million and send a second round pick. I can't imagine you have to do both. Right, but maybe. You trade Flurry, you eat two million, so you only clear up five million in cap space. But that five million can be put to pretty good use if you're the Golden Knights. So I, it's the way Flurry played, it should make him a lot easier to to, to move. Yeah, and as Justin mentioned, there's only one year left on his deal. Right. Not even move. if he's 37, and I mean the Vesna, that would be right. But he's 37 with the Vesna. People get don't trade away a Vesna guy. Don't trade yeah. him away if he's 30. Yeah.
37. He's 37. One year left on yeah. the deal. That's fine. 37. So, so it's, yeah, I, I, he should be much more tradable because of how good of a season he had. Because remember, last year was his worst season in Vegas. Yeah, and so, absolutely. And, and trying to trade him after his worst season is the worst time to try to trade him. But now that he's had his, I mean, his regular season was his best career year this year. So it should be easier to trade him in theory, but you're right. What do you, do you have to eat 2 million? Do yeah. you have to eat nothing? Is yeah. somebody willing to take him on completely? It's, it's still going to be probably an issue for them. All right. We need a new sharp three straight days. Our sharp has lost Uh 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We have an Antonio Brown Jersey. We do want to give this away. I promise. I promise we want to give away this Antonio Brown jersey. You just got to get nine in a row right. A little difficult, but we're making it easy on you. On show or on the air show planning, you get 15 seconds. As long as you don't curse, give us your hot to give us a, a VGK hot take. Our sharp or anybody? Yeah, no, the sharp. Okay, yes. You got to be our sharp. Okay. But you can also give us a Golden Knights hot take. And if you do this long enough, you could be a winner Raiders jersey or Antonio Brown jersey. So 702-364-1100 is the number. Come on here. Make a pick. You got the whole weekend, too. Anything from the weekend, you can pick. 702-364-1100. It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. So we have an Antonio Brown jersey to give away, but you got to beat the all-time streak in our Find the Sharp contest. Eight is the all-time streak. You got to get to nine. We have had three straight losses, by the way, with our Sharps. Jeff is our new Sharp. Jeff, it's Friday, which means you get to pick anything from the weekend if you desire. So where would you like to go? Can I pick a game for tonight? You can, absolutely. Okay, I'm going to go with the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, St. Louis Cardinals over... Uh, eight and a half. All right. Over eight and a half Cardinals and pirates. Sounds good. I, I like it. Let's go. All right. Um, do you have a 15 second hot take on the golden Knights? I mean, I, yeah, kind of, I guess it's on the golden Knights, but more or less, I, I think that, um, I'm a golden Knights fan, but I mean, I think Carey Price is kind of getting overlooked a little bit. I mean, that guy just stood on his head. He did everything. I don't think, I don't know. It just, it was incredible. He just, he was just steady Eddie the whole time, and I mean, they deserve to win, so I guess that's all I got. All right. Yeah. Carrie Price is good. Thank you, Jeff. We appreciate it. Um, if you win, we will call you back on Monday, and you will go for your second uh, pick in the streak. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, thanks so much. Have a great weekend. You are so disappointed. I just, the Padres are a layup. The Dimebacks lost, like, was it 23 straight road games, and the Padres are minus $300? Minus 300 yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because favorites have been working out real well for our show. This isn't just a favorite, though. This is beyond overwhelming. <laughs> they last won like a road game in 2018. Okay, I mean, just, just... just to throw this out, Major League Baseball today. So the Padres are minus 300 hosting oh. the Diamondbacks. Um, but you also have the White Sox are minus 200 at Seattle. Uh, the Blue Jays are minus 250 hosting the Orioles. The Brewers are minus 250 hosting the Rockies, and the Astros are minus 275 at Detroit. There are a lot of massive favorites in baseball yeah. today. Like huge favorites. So what did he do? He went over eight and a half. Over eight and a half runs for Pirates Cardinals. Aren't they ranked currently like 29th and 30th? I saw Jeff Erickson tweeting that yesterday. These are the, la- the in the month of June, these are the two teams that have scored the least amount of runs. So, so they're due. Big breakout game coming for Jeff is what's happening here. We'll need a new sharp on Monday. Oh. 845.
Should should we make that a like requirement for new sharps? Like, and you got to give us fifteen seconds of something. Yeah, come on, yeah, that was kind of fun. Come on, wet our beak that's a little. Fun. Give us content. Is that what you're asking for over I here? I mean, not like even like doesn't even have to be good content. I uh, to his point on Carey Price, pretty good example of how dumb hockey is. Told you earlier in the week, Carey Price had the second lowest save percentage of his entire career this year. He was a negative and goal saved above average. He's he's been unbelievable in the playoffs. Yeah, he's his, been his, great. his postseason numbers are amazing. Probably the best yeah. in his career. That's how dumb hockey is. Like whatever you did in the regular season is literally irrelevant. Yeah. It does not matter. There's nothing from the regular season you should even Listen, try to carry over. The Knights are about to trade a Vesna winner. <laughs> if that doesn't fit. tell you how stupid and, things are, it doesn't really matter. Outside but, of him being a fan favorite, I don't think anybody disagrees that that's the right move. I mean, they shouldn't, and it has nothing to do with him. It, no. it goes, it, look, this goes back to, and they've made a ton of good decisions. We get that. But we've both said it for a long time now. This goes back to arguably, although it might be glass at this point, the worst decision they've ever made in terms of uh, McPhee giving him, giving Fleury an extension at $7 million a year when he still had a year left in his contract and you didn't have to do anything with him. Yes. That is the most bizarre, terrible decision they've ever made. And it has nothing to do with Mark andre Fleury. He had an incredible year this year. He could win the Vezina. That has nothing to do with him. Management-wise, that's been their worst decision. Or it's, glass, we don't know. It's, it's one of the few times that we've seen them like make a decision. Like they overreacted like, to something. Like, yeah. They didn't have to overreact. Like to. on emotion. Yeah. Or something like yeah. flurry was a fan favorite. He was awesome in year yeah. one. And they're like, well, let's, let's keep him around forever. It was, it was strange. And like, they've kind of done that with Ryan Reeves to a lesser extent. They've a lot less him, money though. They've given him two contract yeah. extensions, but it's kind of the only time where it's been like, Oh, that's, that's sort of like a, I mean, emotional response. Can you dump that salary? He only makes two, right? He's got one year left. He's at 1.775. So, I mean, it would be more apt to who would want him. Right. Not more you, than you want to dump him. You could probably you could probably do the hey, here's Ryan Reeves and a third round pick, give us back a fifth or something. Yeah. Like you could you could eat you could lose some draft capital, but I imagine somebody I mean, there's enough dumb people in hockey that think Ryan Reeves is necessary. So True. Somebody's like, oh yes, we need him. We need that. Yeah. We I, need that enforcer. You keep him as the senior vice president of shaking season ticket holders' hands. It's <laughs> a lot of money to pay for a guy that's shaking hands. He still counts against the cap, Jared. Who's so going to who's gonna knock over the water person? This the remix. <laughs> Martinez Remporté par les Golden Knights. Derrière, c'est un tir de loin. Arrêt de retour. Très haut, la rondelle s'est retrouvée. Ce sera Gallagher. Gallagher avance. La passe est pour Dano qui veut se refiler. C'est complété. Le tir. Sadness. That's the one. My war on the French language is coming to an end, but I will point out another thing that annoys me. Uh, Stanley Cup in French is Coupe Stanley, 
which still sounds condescending. That's the most condescending way you could talk about the Stanley Cup. And listen, there's there's one thing hockey fans talk condescendingly about. It's the Stanley Cup is the greatest trophy in sports. So to say it in French, even more condescending. It's brutal. Well, you're didn't you early in the week you thought that they talked down to us? Yes, everything's and we, condescending. And we had and we had no idea what they were yeah, saying. It's all condescending. I have some idea what they're saying when they say like Martinez, Theodore. <laughs> Martinez. He said he said final de coupe Stanley. Yeah. Which is Stanley Cup. Stanley Cup final. Yeah. I got that one. I get it that sounds one. it sounds brutal. I can get that one. Sounds brutal. I, I hate it. I do love the like Gallagher. Like, <laughs> like there's uh, apparently not a French French pronunciation. <laughs> for Gallagher. For 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 certain Irish names. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Throw the brogan with the French shot uh, would be, be tremendous. So Golden Knight season is over, which means we are giving out grades. Grainy's grades. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Grainy's grades. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. Grainy's grades. God damn it, I hate Jake Paddy. First topic to grade. Montreal fans rioting in the streets after their win. This is an easy one. A, B, F. A, B, F. This is an easy one. Here's three grades. <laughs> the A is for the majority of people who just jumped around and screamed and hugged each other. COVID. Uh, but were fine and... Jared mentioned this before. 99% of the people are finding these situations. The B and F are for bleeping fools because you get the few fools who have to flip over a police car because they're idiots and, you know, hammered out of their minds. I love this reply on Twitter to, to flipping over the car. This one woman says, the world has gone mad. In Canada, you can't worship in, co- worship in church because of COVID, but you can celebrate by flipping over police cars. Like, so Canada's uh, off the rails. But I don't, I told you this before. I mean, maybe you have an answer. I don't know why. I mean, look, alcohol's involved. I get that. But the idea of flipping over police cars, like, I've never gotten that. Like, I don't, because I know I'd never do it. There's certain things, like, you know you'd never do, so you're trying to put your mind in the sense of why do they do it? I can't explain it. No, I, I don't get it when you're happy. I can yeah. maybe understand if you lost and were angry, but I, you won. I don't get it when you're happy. I don't, I, that I don't comprehend. Ben. Vancouver did it too when they, well, they did it when they lost the Stanley Cup final and they had like legitimate riots in Vancouver. <laughs> Which is just, <laughs> but like, I, when you're happy, yeah, I don't, I don't understand, I understand the, that. hooray, my team is going to the Stanley Cup Let's final. Flip over police I'm going to flip the car. Like, I, I don't know. I don't get it. I just enjoy that it still will never top any of our post-championship riots because, again, a man in Philadelphia punched a police horse. <laughs> yes. That, that is better. flipping over a weird police vehicle. I will say this, though. The police car is pretty heavy. They could have blown on Mark Davis's car, and that thing would have flipped. <laughs> that little hatchback, little Cooper, little Coop. What if there were a couple Coops out there? They would have just blown on that thing. That would have flipped over right away. This police car took some muscle, man. There are like 20 people trying to flip this thing over. So if the Raiders ever win, yes, Mark Davis yes. better oh, get that mini. He better get that mini coop out of there. Someone will walk by and go, and the thing will like flip over like three times. <laughs> All right, next topic: the Golden Knights power play. Well, I mean, 
Is this a trick question? Did you the put worst. this in as a the, okay? I'll just leave it at that. Did you put this in as a trip, <laughs> no, trick trick question? Uh, yeah. Sometimes Say, you have do bad that one students. again. The worst. There you go. Sometimes you have bad students and you know they're bad. Yeah, the, the it's the worst. Over fifteen. The one number that was amazing. I wrote it. Uh, well, since April first, it was like. I mean, it was like seven of one twenty-seven. I'm like, oh my, like that, like zero for fifteen is one thing, four for whatever. You go back. That's the thing. The power play has stunk the whole year. It's not yeah. like oh, it got bad. The players at one point it's like seven of one twenty-one. Yeah. Like you they, have to like try to be that yeah, bad. They couldn't score. So I'll give you this number too. If you use expected goals during the regular season, the Golden Knights' expected goals while on the power play was seven point three per sixty minutes played. In this series. It was 0.82 oh. per 60 minutes played, meaning for the Golden Knights to get to one expected goal, they would have needed 73 minutes and 10 seconds of power play time. Well, if you ask the Canadians fans, they almost got it so, <laughs> because the refs were so bad. The question I have, though, does uh, Steve Spott get fired? He is the assistant coach that is in charge of the power play. Well, it's interesting that DeBoer said last night everything's on the table, and he did mention coaching. I don't think he was talking about himself. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, when you, if I'm in that room and I'm the assistant, I hear that I'm looking at each other saying, eh, wait a minute. Don't they need to get in the lab first? Oh. Do the Knights have a lab like the Raiders? Maybe if they fire an assistant coach and bring in a new one, they'll they bring have in a new power play guy. He goes, I got to get in the yeah. lab. And he walks out with like a massive headache an hour later going, you guys were horrible. <laughs> it's, but I think that's a, a genuine question because Steve Spott's been a guy that's like followed DeBoer around. Like he's yes, been an assistant yes. that's, that's followed him yeah. around. So, does he get fired after what the power play did? Yeah. Is Ryan McGill the only one he inherited? I think so. I, I think, think he so. might. The defensive coach. Yeah, I, I think he was so. the only one they inherited. Well, that guy needs a raise. <laughs> Eight of the 13 goals were by blue liners. It's like, he's probably in there like, he and the video guy who won the Minnesota game, they're in there like, look, DeBoer, we don't know what you're talking about. We want raises. We're the head coaches now. <laughs> exactly. You're the one that's exactly. out of here. So I... That is probably one of the changes that I think it'll be potential changes that people will be watching. Do, do they make a change coaching staff wise when it and, comes to the power play? And is it the guy that was in charge of the power play that was terrible? Because, like, when we talked to Justin Emerson, like he said, if they score one power yeah. play goal in this series, yeah. we're at least probably talking about a game seven, mm-hmm. if not have already won the series by now. Because they lost all, what, every game they lost was by one goal, right? Did they lose anybody? No, more than no one? they won. Four, I think one. they won four. They won four. One, Everyone but then the rest were one goals. Right. So yeah. like, well, yeah. except you for the one where it was didn't there's an empty netter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's right. Yeah, that's no, right. right. So you're okay, right. three you're of the losses right. okay, were by yeah. one goal. Yeah. And you score one power play goal in one of those three games. You're at least going OT, yeah. or you're trying to win the game. And they're good at OT. Yeah, not that they were that. But all right, next one. You didn't get you. You have thus far given zero grades out. Oh, that's a good point. Well, I don't need to create this one. The worst. Okay. We already covered that one. The worst. Um, okay. Do we have the audio of this one, Jared? Yeah, Mark Stone. This is uh, Mark Stone answering Ben Gotts's question. Goats gets Gotts. Hey, guys. Mark Stone. Just uh, what are the feelings and emotions after losing in the semifinals for the second year in a row? Uh, it's a pretty terrible feeling. Um go to Jesse Granger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I'm going to give incomplete well, A, A incomplete incomplete F. F. A, good A. question. Good question by Ben. You say what are the emotions? Very direct and, you know, it's hard to ask that sometimes like what are your um what are your emotions? 
incomplete because incomplete. I'm convinced Stone was going to talk more. He was. We talked about it in the break, and we should put this out there right now. Mark Stone falls on the sword yep. as a captain. That guy does not dodge questions. He does not, you know, he might get a little perturbed sometimes, but he answers, never takes, um, never puts, uh, in terms of taking the credit for himself, always blames himself when it goes wrong. I love that about him. The guy falls on the sword. So that's the incomplete. The F is the lunatic. F. Next question, Jesse Gritch. Like, <laughs> dude, he was about to say something more. Why are you cutting this guy off? He took a breath to say, you know, I'm kind of, it's, it's a bad feeling, but, and I, it's a bummer because usually he'll say something really good. Usually he'll be compelling. He won't just say bad stuff. So the guy who cut him off, not not good job by him. He falls on the sword like Alan Walsh is his agent. Yes. Good job. Good one. We haven't heard from that guy in the last 24 hours. I am giving the guy running the press conference an A+. Plus. Oh, a plus. no. The NHL guy? Because the best quote of that press conference was a simple sentence. It's a pretty terrible feeling. A I one. thought the best quote was no. <laughs> well, <laughs> did do that too. <laughs> but I I love the idea of the guy running the press conference being like, nope, that's enough. We don't need to hear any more from Mark Stone. Next question, please. <laughs> he gets an A+. Plus. Uh, um, next a topic. Carey Price's save on William Carlson. I'm going to rewatch it here. <laughs> I, knew it was, I knew it was good, but I'm going to rewatch it here. Uh, you get a you get a cross well, ice pass to well. I, I'm seeing it. I'm gonna say. See, I'm gonna say B B because you know you're sticking the blocker out. You're kind of you don't see the puck. But you kind of instinctively know as the as it's crossed over. You better get you better get lucky and get the blocker out to the other side. And maybe it hits your blocker. So I don't think on those kind of goal or saves I'll give people A's. Only because I don't, you're just like, you're hoping. Like, that's more of a hope save, right? Like, you're hoping, like, look, it just crossed, so it's coming this way. I'll put the block right. It's not something that, you know, you're watching, it's coming in. You're, you know, I would have given Robin Leonard like an A plus if he had stopped Cole Caulfield. Like, that would have yeah. been a great save. But this one, I'll give a B. I, I don't think it's a great save. I think B. it's like you're hoping. William Carlson gets an F. Oh, F. I thought we were just. I thought we were just. Uh, How many doing times do you have to do this? Grade. You can grade whoever you want. Yeah. You can literally grade whatever you want. You could grade if, something unrelated to Carey Price or William Carlson if, if you wanted to. If they had cut to can a I fan, grade, can I grade the uh, guy in the NHL with the questions again? Yes. F. So Carlson F. gets an F because this is F. very similar to the Riley Smith shot from Game uh, Five that they lost, where. About 40% of the net is open. Carey Price is at a position because the Golden Knights, in this case, Alec Martinez, made a great right. pass. Made a great pass. And 40% of the net is open, but William Carlson was unable to elevate the puck and unable to shoot it at the near post. Instead, he put it back across the middle of the goal, the middle of the crease, and he left it on the ice. Where if he elevates it, I mean, Carey Price's pad is there, so you've got to elevate it at the, the height of his pad. And if you elevate it over his pad, it's a goal. And this is the problem the Golden Knights, this is something they ran into last year as well, but this is a problem where the Golden Knights, the few good chances they had, they didn't have anybody well, that could shoot it well. They just they just put it right into Carey Price's pad. You've convinced me hockey's dumb. It's very dumb. I think hockey's hard. Just wait till we get to I, th I think hockey's very hard. I it get is. that. And it I, is. Oh, it is. It's very it absolutely hard. is. But, and it's only because, maybe it's only because we watch these guys all the time. You know, I watch some other games, but, you know, like tonight I'm going to watch game seven, but I watch these guys obviously 99% of the time. Does this team have a major issue of elevating the puck? Yeah. Or is it, oh, let me ask you this. I mean, is that every team in the league? Because it's like you watch these guys every time, and even novice people can say, well, why didn't you just lift the puck? Is it harder to do than I think it is? Probably, but that's it's it's a very it's a hard sport to play. You're on skates trying to do very yes. precise things. 
but we pay the guys that we think, well, we don't pay them, but the guys that are very good at millions it paid, and millions of dollars, they get paid to do it. Yes. So there's a reason Mark Stone makes more money than Ryan Reeves. Yes. It's because Mark Stone or, or William Carlson makes more money than William Carrier. It's because William Carlson, you think is going to score in that right. situation, not William Carrier. There's a reason these guys get paid more money than I others, mean, even though it's hard. They're supposed, supposed to make those plays. Isn't it the same with Patch walking in? Yeah, it is. I mean, Patch Reddy probably. Like, uh, Pete DeBoer said it last night. Patch Reddy, he thought had the best chance of the entire yes. game, and it was in overtime. Would have won yeah. the game. Like thirty seconds later, the Canadians are They're going the other way to win because they won. Yeah, it it is. So yeah, it's it's. I a just hard see that sport. all the time. I'm like, it's, like when they're up, it's like, can you just lift it a little? Because yeah. if you lift it like six inches off the ground, the blocker is going to go over. Yeah. They can't stop that. It is no doubt a hard sport, but we, the guys that are good at it, get paid to, because they're good at it because they make the plays that are hard. Next one. Alex Petrangelo breaking the camera in the penalty box. See, forget the checkbook out. Because See, the check. Because I will say this. I don't know much about our TV studio at the RJ, but I know this. Those things cost a lot, <laughs> those cameras. And this is probably a, even a higher level one because it's, you know, doing the Stanley Cup semifinals. Those cameras cost a lot of money. So you might be really rich as a TV network, but I'm calling McPhee today saying, hey, tell Alex we need so much money. So... The, what happened here, Petrangelo is called for a penalty. The Canadians score on the power play, and they go to Petrangelo, and the little camera in the penalty box on Petrangelo, he takes the butt end of his stick. And breaks it. And breaks it. Do they make the team or the player pay for it? I would think the team has to. I don't think he can just start breaking cameras that probably cost thousands and thousands of dollars. Do you want to be the one that tells him he has to pay for it? I mean, I wouldn't tell him. I'd call, like, I'd call like you know, Sage. <laughs> <laughs> Calling like the PR director and say, hey, Sage, listen, Sage, you've got to go tell Alex Petrangelo he owes us 65000 because that's how much one of those cameras costs. I'm the media relations guy, and oh. they say, you got to go tell Petrangelo he owes us sixty grand. i am like, I'm not doing that. That's not my job description. Here's I mean, his number. Where shouldn't he have the intern? <laughs> maybe, maybe, boy, you'd have to sell one of those Hondas to get this I mean, much money. In a in a normal setting, yeah, you broke you're, something. Yes, you should pay for it. it. But I, I don't know. And by Athletes the way, kind of break things a lot. By the way, it was a mistake. He knew exactly oh, what absolutely. he was doing. Oh, so yeah. you should pay for absolutely. it. Absolutely. But like athletes break things a lot. Do they? All, I don't know. Do they always pay for stuff? Like I don't know. Did Shaq I mean, if it's on purpose, the, they should. Shaq pay for the backboard when yeah, he I shattered mean, it because he didn't mean to shatter it. He, he mean just to dunk waste. It. Yeah, it weighs 400 pounds, so it came down. But no, Petrangelo should have to pay for this. I don't know what the rules are here. All right, coming up next, Bischoff's briefs. We're going to jump into the front office perspective of this season ending. Do you want to schedule a parent-teacher conference after hearing Grainy's grades? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and let us know who deserves a higher grade. Bischoff's Briefs. How was the game? Not very good. Have you ever seen a good hockey game? No. Me neither. I love sports. I just can't get next to hockey. Bischoff's Briefs. See, I think Americans like to savor situations. One down, bottom of the ninth. One run game, first and third. Left-handed batter, right-hand reliever. Infield, a double play, depth. Here's the pitch. Bischoff's Briefs. What's going in hockey? It seems to come out of nowhere. The play-by-play guy is always shocked. Le Petier. Passes to Huckenshuck, who skates past the blue line. Huckenshuck, of course, was traded from Winnipeg for a case of Labatt's after sitting out last season with, oh my God, he scores! Bischoff's Briefs.
But now that the Golden Knights season is over, I wanted to spend some time in Bischoff's briefs looking at it from a front office perspective because losing to the 18th best team in the regular season is pretty rough when you are a team that is all in to win the Stanley Cup. Um, There's a few things we've talked about throughout this series, uh, throughout this year, that have been an issue. Um, Obviously, the Max Pacioretty-Nick Suzuki trade Three years ago, Golden Knights make a big trade. They go get Max Pacioretty. And then in the semifinal, three years later, Nick Suzuki outscores Max Pacioretty and every Golden Knight, by the way. Uh, and the star player you traded for can't really produce. And you lose the series to Montreal. That's it's pretty rough when three years ago you were the buying team and the team that you bought from is now beating you in the playoffs three years later. Uh, and it's not too hard to say. The Golden Knights would have been better off in this series with Suzuki instead of Pacioretty. That trade blew up in their faces. But beyond that, uh, we've talked about the goalie situation. Um, Golden Knights spent too much on their second goalie. $7 million on Fleury, $5 million on Linner. And both played in the series. Both won a game, both lost a game in the series. But in every single game of the series, the Golden Knights had at least $5 million sitting on the bench, not contributing to the actual play on the ice. And when you look at the series... Golden Knights didn't lack for goaltending, right? It wasn't it wasn't Flurry or Leonard that cost them this series. I mean, Flurry, I guess, cost them a game in the series, but it wasn't goaltending. It's, the, it's not the reason they lost. And if you take just take Leonard's salary of five million, if it, if Robin Leonard wasn't on this team, they could have spent that five million on another player. And five million, for example, is how much Riley Smith and Jonathan March so make in a year. Another player of that caliber might have been enough to make a difference in terms of the Golden Knights scoring more in this series. If it's a center, then it's a guy that can play at the center spot when Chandler Stevenson is out or even just take the spot from him outright. So that's a big problem for the Golden Knights. And it's even worse when you remember how they lost last year to Dallas. They lost last year to Dallas because they couldn't score. Like we knew this was a problem last year when they got eliminated that the offense dried up in the playoffs. It happened again, but they still had 12 million in goaltenders and at least five of that sitting on the bench instead of in their lineup. So my overarching question, and it's a, it's a very naive question, but if you're the Golden Knights and you look at these last two years and specifically this year where you lose to Montreal, the 18th best team in the regular season in the semifinals, why even try? Like, what's the point in the NHL of putting together a great team? Like, this is this is an organization. They went out and got Mark Stone. They went out and got Max Pacioretty, Robin Leonard, Alex Petrangelo. Like, every time there's a big name that's available, the Golden Knights are after him. And a lot of times they get him. And they've put together a really good team. But they just lost to a team. They, they traded for Montreal's captain three years ago. And they lost to him in the semifinals. Like, why even try? You look at Montreal's roster, they've got two high-paid guys, Carey Price and Shea Weber, but other than that, like, Jeff Petrie? Like, like, why even try to win if this is what happens in the playoffs? Because it's not like they lost to Colorado or Tampa or Boston, one of the other teams that have really good rosters. They lost to the team that had more losses than wins in the regular season. Why even try to win when you can just sort of luck your way into it? To make the media in town happy? I guess. I, I mean, mean, I to un- get them positive. It's a very naive take. Like, you do want to try to win. Having the best players gives you the best chance to win. But I mean, Dallas and Montreal are worse than the Golden Knights. They've beaten them in the third round of the playoffs the last two years. Well, why even try? Meaning, why try to make these big time deals right. all the time for Patch Ready, for right. Stone, for uh, 
Petrangelo. Right. Why go get? Why try to sign and pay big time players? Why? Like, what's the point of that? <laughs> if you're going lo- to to lose to Montreal in the third round, why? I don't know, but on Monday we'll lead the show with Jack Eichel has been traded yes. to the Vegas Golden Knights and, for yes. nine players. Right. And it's going to happen, and they're going to be a ten million over the salary cap, and yes, but again, all that to lose to a team that had more losses than wins. It's yeah, a dumb it's, sport. It's, it's, been, it's a very naive. It goes. It is, I understand, but hockey's a dumb sport where being good at the sport doesn't actually matter half the time. Didn't the Canadians lead the NHL in goals by people age twenty one and younger? Well, and that's Probably. that's part of it. Like you look Probably. at the you look at the roster Suzuki. building. Yeah, you look at the roster building. They get old and stay old. A, a big advantage for the Canadians <laughs> is that they got a lot of production from guys making less than a million dollars. Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield. They got yeah. a lot of production from guys making less than a million dollars. The Golden Knights didn't like Nick Hague and Zach Whitecloud are fine, like third pair defensemen. Nick sure. Waugh is a good third line center, but they're not getting like, oh, that guy scored four goals in the no. series. They're not getting Nick Suzuki led the series in points out of guys making less than a million dollars. That's a big problem in the roster right. is they don't, they don't have production from anybody making less than a million. So to get good production, they've got to spend nine and a half million on Stone or five on Marsh or so. And it's an even bigger indictment. I know it's I know it's not apples to apples with Glass and, and um Caulfield, but uh he was taken fifteenth in his draft. Um so we know about Suzuki. Like it's a, it's to me it's a much bigger indictment on management right yeah, now. You look is. at that team like Ugh. Absolutely. And and again, I will go back to this. My guess is Montreal asked for glass. I would have. At that time. Everybody I mean, at, at that time, better. at that time, everything was done. So they, and again, they made the bad decision. They sent the wrong guy. And it was, you go back, they didn't end up trading for Eric Carlson. Because right. They, they didn't, wanted yeah, Cody, Glass. Cody Glass was this like, guy that was, they would he not was untouchable move. And now he, he can't even, even get the on the ice when they have the lack of center yeah, depth. They played Alex Tuck out of position at center. Yes. Of Cody Glass even what does being that say? In the lineup. I mean, it really says something when, like, the only message from DeBoer was, well, he's good on the power play. <laughs> Like what is he going to come be in the roster and play two minutes a night? I mean, did you remember that? Yeah. He's really good in the power play. Like that, that's at this point, that's what you have in your first overall pick, number six overall, but your first pick in the history of the franchise in 2017 to where he's good on the power play. Yeah. Next that's not year, good. Next year's his year. Just give him some time. Let me ask you this: You want to move him? What do you get? Nothing. A fifth? Yeah, not much. I mean, what would you get for him not right much. now? Much? No, I, don't, I think I mean, I'm right. The scary part is he's. They're gonna trade him somewhere, and suddenly he's gonna he's put gonna it all go. together. Well, they're no, they're going, he's going to Vancouver, and he and Schmidt are gonna beat him next year in the playoffs. All right, Cassie Soto joins us next. It's the only thing in her life she could call an engagement. Raiders.com's Cassie Soto joins the press box for her weekly hit. So we almost didn't get to talk to Cassie because we were off the air for the first hour today. Uh, Cassie, would you have been happy or sad if we didn't get to talk to you today? Um, I'm sad. I've gotten used to it. I like I like talking about Archie with you guys. Oh, well, mm-hmm. we didn't ask about him. No, we weren't talking, we're talking about, about him today. We don't ask about I know him. we're going to talk about him. No, no we're not. Not now. You've pretty much made it because conv- convinced we're never talking about him again. <laughs> Wait, that so out. did you guys? Did you guys have other guests? Did you like yep. you could have, and you didn't call them. You called me instead. Uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Justin Emerson came out at eight thirty. Let, let's not go crazy let's, here. Oh, okay. Relax, okay. Cassie. Relax. Um, 
I, I want to ask you, um, would you have guessed Mini Cooper is the car that Mark Davis drives? Your boss. I actually knew that. Oh, you know, of course you did. Yeah, you probably have to drive him around. <laughs> exactly. Or she's at Raiders.com. She, she's parking and watching that. that thing on a daily basis. He has like an iPhone 8, I think. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. He has a what? Oh. An iPhone like 8. Got, like, oh, an really iPhone. I thought she said, I, I didn't know what she said. iPhone 8. Yeah. They still yeah. exist? I, I have one. You're looking Do at you? it right now in my hand. Okay. I need a new one. But yeah, All you're right. looking at it. Right. You too could be the owner of a major <laughs> football franchise. You actually could what probably. What kind of car do you drive, Tyler? Yes, you could. My, my car might have cost more than the Mini there's Cooper. Oh, it probably did. No, there's no way. Are what Mini Coopers yeah. expensive? Yes. They are? Yes. They're tiny. What are you paying for? They're like go-karts, though. <laughs> like, they're really, like, they're really, like, fun to drive. But That's does that mean key. they have to be expensive? And they're... 2022 Mini SE Countryman starting at 415. You're paying like 415 for that car? It's dude, they, I'm telling you, next time you go car shopping, just go to the Mini dealership and just test drive them and then take a corner at like 30 miles an hour, you'll literally feel like you're like, "Wee!" Or you'll be like Davis and get crashing. The best the best quote from Davis in the entire thing is, "I was going around one of those roundabout things." Like <laughs> Yeah, they happen to be popular in Las Vegas. <laughs> One of those roundabout things. He's driving a British car. <laughs> yeah, he's going the wrong way. Wait a minute. Am I supposed to go this way? But wait, does he? is it a new Mini Cooper? I don't think so. I'm under the impression think... this is like a 2012 Mini Cooper. <laughs> I think he's had it. Because he, he had it at an event at Allegiant. And yeah, like we saw him get into it. And I think he he had a Raiders plate. He has like the Raiders. Oh, um, I hope so. Oh my uh, God! Yeah. How many Raiders fans on the highway have flipped off Mark Davis <laughs> yes. because he cut them yes. off in his Mini Cooper? <laughs> uh, I hope a lot. Raiders. What do you uh, Raiders as as an employee of Raiders dot com? Do you get one of those um, car deals? Like a lot of employees at high levels get car deals. You go down to you know one of the car dealerships and pick yours out. Oh no. no! Oh no! My my car statement comes in every month that says otherwise. Oh, hey, I got to ask oh. you a question because you know these things we we're talking about earlier. Did you see Alex Petrangelo smash the uh, camera last night? I thought I saw it, and I was like, "No, that couldn't have happened." Okay. And then they showed it on the replay, and then I saw it on Twitter and was just amazed. So correct me if I'm wrong. Those things cost a lot of money. Yeah, and they're not easy to install either. Wow. So like you make them write like a, a check. Regular, it's not just a regular camera right. there. Like, it's probably behind plexiglass so it doesn't get cold because it's so close to the ice. So there's probably, like, a whole setup for one single camera, and dude shattered it in, like, wow. 0.2 seconds. <laughs> do you I couldn't think, believe it. Do you think that Alex Petrangelo has to pay for that? I mean, what is his? He's, he's got the... the uh, the Hyundai or whatever commercials, like, he'll be fine. Yeah, he can pay for it. <laughs> he has those Honda let's, commercials. Let's not bring up Honda, any of right? the Golden Knights uh, commercials. <laughs> I'm Alex Petrangelo, uh, an NHL player. Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. I'm pretty sure. Guys? But, like, I'm sure the camera tech was, like, nearby. <laughs> the camera tech was probably nearby and just like, gosh, dang it. Come on. Really, guy? See, have you, have you had a player break any of your equipment? Normally, it's just you tripping and falling and dropping things. <laughs> You know what? Surprisingly, no. Okay. I look... Yeah, usually it's on me, but I've, I've saved all of my camera. I can get hit in the head with a, with a bottle and be fine. 
the wind. Remember when the wind tried to knock my camera over and I one-handed, yes. one hand caught yes, it? Yes, yes, yes. That, that, yeah. that was one of the most yeah. impressive things. The the people there at Raiders.com. Um, <laughs> so wait, what's the most expensive piece of equipment you have broken? A tripod. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. No, it's like six hundred bucks. Yeah, but Jesus, they're six hundred bucks. Some, yeah, some fancy nice tripods. Man, no. No, no, but nothing, nothing crazy. I've never broken a camera. Knock on wood. So okay. those things. I think the the cheapest one we have on 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 our um, like equipment is like six thousand. I think. Man. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be. I'll get you a tire on a Mini Cooper, <laughs> starting at forty two thousand dollars. <laughs> Jeez, I'm still going back to that thing on it. Forty two. They're 000. really good cars. Jeez. Okay. Uh, so do you think do you think he's gonna upgrade or do you think he's just gonna get that question. one patched up and like I don't know why he would upgrade. I thought the thing cost ten thousand dollars. He's driving a forty thousand dollar car on. Why would you upgrade? A fiat? <laughs> I mean Oh it, fiats are more expensive, aren't they? No, no, no. A fiat five hundred? No, they're like nineteen thousand and they're Kind of the similar thing. They're a little bitty and they're fun to drive. Why do you know how much that costs off the top of your head? Because when I sold my card for dental surgery, I was looking at the cheapest cars available <laughs> in America. Let's see, it looks like their top one, their top shelf one is thirty six eight. That's so decent yeah. for a little car that looks like a bug. Yeah. Um, Ed's Ed's gonna disagree or be disappointed that I ask you this, but uh, how how much are you and Archie failing to get views? We're struggling, man. Uh, we're struggling. We're uh, struggling. One hit it. wonder, Archie. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus, how you how you doing? One hit wonder. Yeah, man. our last video has like three thousand views, <laughs> and then another one has like fifteen hundred. And I'm just like, how is this happening? If we have two hundred thousand followers, because you're now storyboarding this stupid dog. Before it was just totally natural. The dog falls in the water. The boyfriend gets it. Now you're telling me you got the boyfriend acting in scenes and you're storyboarding. You're setting it up now. It's not as good. You've got to be natural and it's got to come naturally. It's got to be organic. You cannot just set these things up. And I know you're doing that at the house. You got the storyboard up and you're trying to convex. You, you showed me one where the boyfriend's sitting on the grass. He looks at you. He gets up and he starts running up a hill like in, in, through like flowers or something. It's like that's not getting any hits. <laughs> that one is good. That one actually got like 40. Thousand, I think. Oh, God. <laughs> the amount of time people must waste on this app. Oh, oh it's we're, incredible. We're you have no idea. $200. Yeah, uh oh. 200 bucks. Archie mm -hmm. could eat for a month oh. or so. Um, Archie could buy a Gold Cup final ticket. So, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. maybe. Um, so, have you decided to try to teach Archie how to talk like that one dog named Bunny on TikTok? I, that is so hard. I don't even know how they do that. I feel you... like he could pick it up, though. Like, if I started with, like, four or five buttons, he could probably do it. But it, you know the downfall to that, right? Is his legs. His legs are so oh. tiny. <laughs> Wouldn't... He, like, hit all, like, eight buttons before he got to the button he wanted. Wouldn't it be great? If that champ dog started to talk better and they, they pushed Archie to the side and it get the hell out of here, we need the dog that talks. Are you aware of the dog that talks on TikTok? I don't go on that. Okay, so there's a dog. His name is Bunny. Some kind of poodle mix, I think. Um, their owner has, it's just a big, like, I don't know, five foot by five foot thing of buttons that the dog presses it and it says a word and the dog communicates with their owner. Just like barks. A, no, it presses a button and the button like, says English. Like it'll press the button and it'll be like outside. Like the button, the button it's has a Mr. voice Speak in it. So like, it's Mr. Speaking Spell, yeah. but the dog like talks in sentences. 
Like it'll it'll put like, like I four, want to go outside. Yeah, it'll put like four buttons in a row. No way, Archie's that, that smart. Yeah, no, no, no chance. chance. I like I like the one where it's like, "Where's Dad? Dad work?" And like, I mean, <laughs> it can, Archie so can't crazy. walk without falling into a pool. Now you want the dog to <laughs> now you want the dog to talk. He's not that smart. Yeah, I mean, also, he's not smart at all. Also, Archie's what like a he's probably a purebred. Corgi, right? So, you know, a lot oh, of inbreeding yeah. there. There's yeah. no chance Cassie from Raiders.com went to the shelter, which we all do. She went, come on, she went to the breeder. You kidding me? She saw that poor champ and said, now I gotta get a real dog. She went to the breeder. I did. I See, did. I knew it! Oh, I that's did. that's disappointing. It is. It is. Oh, go save a dog right. once in a while. Right? Boy. Corgis in shelters? Listen, that's what my girlfriend thought about French Bulldogs, and then we found one. Yeah. You do really? a little research instead of hopping the uh, yeah, the easy way out. Rescue something. Yeah. Yeah. Come wow. on, Cassie. Was dude. Champ? There's no way that relax. Champ was a breeder. Relax, everybody. Relax. Hold on. There's no way that Champ was a breeder dog. Champ was no. It's no. Even <laughs> worse. Oh man. Wait. What's Champ? worse? Wait, what's what worse do you mean? than what's that? Worse? Champ was a, a dog store dog. Oh, the pet oh, store. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> you oh, Cassie. I know, no. I know, I'm not happy. I'm not proud. I'm oh, not proud of it. This is, oh, man. Oh, this is bad. Did you take it over to one of the little boxes and pet it a few, for a few minutes and then buy it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> just did. just end this segment. Just yeah. This is just embarrassing at this All point. All right, Cassie. Yeah, go, um, just, just. just oh. Shame. Hit me with the shame. Yeah, I'm glad oh. you're more shamed about this than not being engaged. Uh, <laughs> So <laughs> I am. I am. I actually do. I actually do appreciate that. All right. Thanks, Cassie. Get yeah, out of here. Wow. Go, uh, go love come. your dogs, man. Oh, for two on the dogs. Brutal. Like, I feel bad because my mom breeds dogs and I'm like, yeah, stop selling dogs. But <laughs> pet store dog. Yikes. Oh, that takes the bottom of all. Oh, I mean, what, so do we have any pet stores who are sponsors here? <laughs> As long as you just say pet store and okay. don't specifically okay. name right. them. <laughs> <Okay>. so <laughs> and the... say things. And, and you can even say things like, hey, the great thing about a pet store is it's a great place to find, like, toys and, yeah, like, food. food. Yeah, food. So the two dogs me and my girlfriend have, one is the French bulldog that we rescued, rescued. three or four years ago. But the other one was, like, her family dog and is, like, 14 now. She too. Yeah. yeah. And they got it from a pet store. Her family got wow. it from a pet store. Yeah. What? Wow, when does the statute of limitations run out in bad, bad things? She's 14 years? Yeah. Might have run out already. Yeah. Oh, man. I'll tell you one thing. You might have done some research. You got really lucky with the French Bulldog. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Like, no it had to be, like, like, perfect time. Like, my girlfriend loves French Bulldogs and Pugs. She likes them that they're unhealthy and their faces are smashed in. So, <laughs> they, like, they, they're born with hip dysplasia. Yeah. So, it's like, there's there's Pug rescues. Like, you can adopt yes. Pugs. And so, but like, French Bulldogs? For a while, yeah. she was, like, always looking. And then one day, like, some group she followed on Facebook, like, posted a picture of this French Bulldog. And we... They they did their adoption thing at a pet store like out front where they they sure. take yeah, them and put them in. Yeah. yeah, and so it was like eight o'clock at this pet store. We, like we live kind of in like Green Valley Henderson. You were there area. like six. It's a, it's in Centennial Heights. We drove there. We were there an hour and a half sure. before, just like sitting and waiting. There were a couple other cars that we noticed. People were in there waiting. We were like, we are racing these people to make sure we get the French bulldog. Did you get it? And yeah, we did. Of course we did. They, there had to be. They so were there many for a different people. dog. They, they were. were? There. Yeah, they were there for a different dog. But yeah, we yeah. went. It was. Yeah. Did they know there was a Tyler? Was, Tyler was stiff arming yes. old yes, ladies. Exactly. This was. This was like. Yeah. It was. Yeah. We're unbelievable. The yeah French bulldog was actually. How quickly adopted. did you get that thing in the car? 
Get it. Well, let's go. Let's they go. They sent us home. Like we like got to like say hi to him. Be like, we want this dog. We like filled out the little application and right. everything. And they were like, okay, we'll see if anybody else wants him. And so we. But how do yeah. they choose? Well, I, I don't know. They eventually called us back and because they were they were like, do you have another dog? And we we're like, yeah, of course. And they're like, well, they, we need to make sure the dogs are okay. So we had to go get our dog. Bring the dog back to make sure they didn't try to kill each other right. when they okay, met each I get other. That. And then we got him. We have Jason Aldean tickets. Yes. <laughs> if we you need wanna... to go to break about five minutes ago. If you want to go see Jason Aldean in December at Park Theater Park MGM, call now. 702-364-1100. Jason Aldean tickets. Caller number 10 at 702-364-1100. Hey, this is Mike. What the hell is going on? It's like... Branca delivers the pitch to Bobby Thompson. He swings, and then the radio goes dead. Where was the show this morning? Holy mackerel, how can you do that to us? We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia, come see a Kia on West Sahara. Congratulations to Aaron. He won a couple of tickets to go see Jason Aldean in December. And Mike... I completely agree. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the hell happened. Was somebody had to drive to a different location to flip a switch? I don't know. Unplug something and plug it back in. But yeah, we missed the first hour of the show today. Mike, you are right to be upset about that because, well, I mean, we are too. I mean, yeah. we sat in here looking at each other for an hour. Look, as we said when we came back on, Tyler was sitting in his car yeah, listening too. to the I radio, and car. there was nothing going on. So <laughs> that alone pretty much tells you where we were at this morning. I went I, to sit in my radio to confirm that we were not, that we were on, not the on the air. Yeah. I got a call from management that said, why are you having Tyler do that? I can listen to dead air just as well <laughs> as he can. We have a, we did get a lot of text though. We, we were, we were supported in the fact people actually listened because I immediately got texts like, where are you guys? You're off. You're off. Oh, people want to uh, hear us talk about the Golden Knights. Yeah, so this was the day. Did I we think... talk enough about the Golden Knights <laughs> though? Nice. Like, I don't even know if we did. It's this all was we talked day. about today. Yeah. This was the day we needed to talk about them. We I did. mean, there was a huge Dodgers game that we didn't get that to. That is true. Ed. We're you, scuffling. You want to know what is still an good. accurate statement? The Dodgers have not won a game since umpires started checking for illegal substances. It's true. It's true. Well, maybe they should have checked the Cubs last night because they had a combined <laughs> no-hitter. So what the hell were those guys doing? What happens if Craig Kimbrell so, comes off the mound after the last out in the ninth and he had something on his glove? Does it still count as a no-hitter? Um. Yeah, yeah, but probably just, not. It's a ten-day break. Okay. I want to say Craig Kimbrel was completely clean last night because I just want to believe Soft Bellinger stinks Soft. and keeps swinging through straight fastballs. I don't, I don't even know. He threw one breaking ball to him. The others, he just reared back, and Bellinger wasn't within three feet of those fastballs. It was like, it was like, dude, I know you've been hurt, but can you catch up once and foul it off? I don't even know if you foul the pitch off. It's terrible. Got to get Seager back. <laughs> Got to get Muncy swinging the bat. Got to get. Got to get Bellinger the heck out of the lineup. Just put Taylor in center field and just you know, move on. So how do you feel about this? Cody Bellinger won the MVP in 2019. Yeah, all right. Last year, shortened season, he only hit 239. Yep. And 2021, this year, he's hitting 212. Resting on the Lord. Maybe he needs some sticky stuff. <laughs> Actually, I think the more logical explanation here is the Dodgers were also stealing signs like the Astros. But once the Astros got caught, they had to stop. And now Bellinger can't hit. It's something because he he won the MVP and he hasn't been able to hit since. He hit 305. His OPS was over yeah. 1,000 for the entire year. His OPS is 645 this year. Soft. Not very good. Soft. I think I agree with you now. 